O grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, the Bible tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Lord God said, let there be light. And there was light. And the light was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. When we come to the Gospel of St. John, St. John tells us, through Jesus all things were made. There was nothing made that was not made without him. We confessed in our creed this morning, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. It seems pretty clear in our Christian tradition, doesn't it, that God made the earth. God created all things. God spoke the word, and then through Jesus, the Son, all things were made. There's nothing out there that has been made that was not made by our Lord and Savior. And yet there's so much confusion in the present day and age, isn't there? There's so much talk. You just turn on your television, you're watching a, a, a random show, and the people there want to begin to talk about millions and billions of years, don't they? They say millions and billions of years ago, there were just like some random elements that were floating around. They were struck by lightning, you know, and it kind of sounds like a Frankenstein <coughs> movie, doesn't it? <coughs> but when those random elements were struck by lightning, they kind of organized themselves together and they formed the, the first cell. But, you know, that first cell probably couldn't reproduce and so it just died. And then maybe another million years later, there was another kind of random confluence of events. And this time the, the cell was able to reproduce. And so then there were two cells. And from that humble beginning after random accident and random accident, finally some little creature formed. Oh, welcome to the world of evolution. It's amazing, isn't it? All these random accidents just happily coming together to form some little critter. And then that little critter, you know, it was able to, to come out of the ooze and the goo and make its way onto land and, and then so on and so on and so on, right? And maybe what you, what you just heard was uh, science, science, stuff, stuff, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's what we're hearing. But that's what they're teaching our children in the schools, isn't it? They go off even to the university and it's compounded. And that's what instructors want to you know, force down our children's throats. That this earth is just kind of random. It didn't help any that like in the 1960s, the, the church decided to, to jump on board with the program and so then we had pastors coming out in the 60s and 70s trying to tell us that, you know, we, we can kind of combine the two and won't that be nice? We can just kind of say, you know, God used evolution to create. 
But have you ever kind of thought about that? Evolution is really one of the most wasteful, one of the most destructive processes by which anything could be made. If our God used evolution, that means that he kills off his mistakes, doesn't it? It means that somehow you're not the fittest and you didn't survive. It was because God didn't really like you that much. See, If you were weak or you were sick, God just kind of discarded you and he chose just kind of the, the strong and, and the survivors and those are the ones he kind of blessed so that they could develop and go to the next level. It's like the opposite of the God of the Bible, isn't it? You see, the Bible tells us that through one man's sin, death entered the world. Evolution tells us that there was all of this death taking place so that one man could develop the intellect so that he could understand the difference between right and wrong. You see, evolution is built upon millions of years of death taking place. The Bible tells us that it's because of the sin of Adam and Eve that death even entered the world. Again, it's the complete opposite. We talk about a God who loves, a God who cares, a, a God who through his son made all things good. And evolution talks about a bunch of mistakes that weren't quite up to snuff, and so they died, and they were gone. Until by accident after accident, finally we got here. As I was thinking about this week, I started to kind of consider the woodpecker. Now just imagine from the standpoint of evolution, okay, the bird has developed, it's a bird, but the, the bird decides it's going to slam its head into a tree for some reason. Well, and so boom, and its beak breaks off. And now it, it can't eat, it, it can't feed, it, it's young, it, it can't survive because the beak is broken, it, it dies. How does it develop? How does a single bird somehow become a woodpecker? Well, first of all, it's because the woodpecker has a very special beak. The, the beak of the woodpecker is hard enough to be able to slam repeatedly into the tree in order to, to, to make a hole, in order to, to do what woodpeckers do. The beak had to be developed first for the woodpecker to be able to survive slamming its nose into the tree. No, it's not just like you and, you and I could go out and start slamming our nose into a tree, right? We'd build up a callus, you know, and that would become really hard over time, you know, and, and then eventually my nose would be able to, you know, penetrate into the tree. You know, you, you just kind of laugh, right? You know, my, my nose would be smashed and I'd have to go to the doctor and it, it wouldn't work out at all. It'd be the, the same for any normal bird. So God specially designed just the beak of the woodpecker in order to do what it does. 
Now, even though the, the beak of the woodpecker is strong enough to, to be able to bore into a tree, if it hit at just a, an angle, the whole beak would just break off. Right? Uh, again, we, we have a, a bird, it somehow was specially born. It had this special beak that was just, you know, just right for doing the job. It just random chance that happened, but boom, it hit at the wrong angle. The whole thing broke off. It doesn't work. No, the woodpecker has a special set of muscles that wraps around the back of its head and comes and attaches to the beak in order for it to be able to pound its head repeatedly into the tree and for the, the beak to not just detach right, from, from its face. And so there's another point where God, you know, directly intervened. He directly designed the woodpecker so it would have the special beak, so it would have the special muscles that attach to the beak so the beak can penetrate into the tree. There's a, well, okay, you know, oh, there was two, ran two random things just happened to that bird, you know. That this special bird, it was born with a special beak and a special set of muscles and that desire to, to slam its head into the tree. And so it just, that by accident. Hmm. Well, you know, a, a lot of you fellas like to watch football, don't you? Then you, you see fellas slamming their heads, right, into each other on the football field. And, and then we, we kind of know that they get concussions. Uh, sometimes they, they develop brain damage even over time because when, when their heads slam together, you know, their, their brain bounces off the, the inside of their skull and it hurts them. It's the same for any living creature. And so here, here's the woodpecker and it's slamming its beak into the tree and its brain <clears throat> is then bouncing off the inside of its skull continuously as it's trying to bore the hole, well, guess what? The woodpecker has a special padding inside of the front of its skull so that as it's pecking on the tree, its brain doesn't get destroyed. You see, God intricately designed the woodpecker to be able to be a woodpecker. And it was that way from day one. It wasn't just some random bird decided, hey, this would be fun, and it, it broke its beak. But, you know, some other random bird, it, its beak was a little bit stronger, but it, it just kind of broke off to the side. And, and then, you no, know, there was another one. It had the beak that was just right. It had the muscles, but, you know, it got brain damage. No, what would we call it, we would say, through Christ, all things were made. God spoke it. Jesus made the woodpecker complete as it should be, so it could do what it does. Jesus simply did it. It didn't develop over time. It was a, a random set of accidents but it was created. And if Jesus, our Savior, can go into such detail to create something perhaps as insignificant as a woodpecker, how much more does he care for 
us. Now to use maybe a, a different example, I, I imagine I was invited by a, a wealthy farmer to, to come and visit his place. And so I, I come out for a, a visit and, and the, the fellow says, you know, pastor, I just got a new Tesla. Now I got my new Tesla, it's in the garage. Isn't, you know, science wonderful, right? Those engineers, right, they, they come up with such fantastic ideas. I have this electric powered car in my garage. Would you, would you like to look at it, sit in it? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually got to sit in a Tesla one time. Okay. And so there you are, and you know, you're sitting in the car. And, oh, you know, isn't Elon Musk wonderful? All the ideas that come from his mind, isn't he tremendous? And the engineers that he hires to be able to make these things, isn't that grand? Oh, it is, it is. Oh, Pastor, let me show you my new combine. I just got this brand new combine. I can sit at my kitchen table with my tablet. I can start it up. Right, it has GPS connections and it can you know, track perfectly down the roads and I can just sit here at my kitchen table and I can fiddle with my tablet, my combine will go out and it'll harvest my crop. What wonderful scientific applications have been made. The engineers that think of these things, you know, aren't they so intelligent? Aren't they so smart? Say, oh yeah, yeah they are. Well, let me show you my new stallion out in the stable. Okay, go see that. Man, to think of all the random accidents that took place in the process of evolution so that I could have this beautiful stallion here today. We kind of get the point, don't you? Right, you and I, we can admire machinery, we can admire the engineering capabilities of men that put together the wonderful things that we have in our present day, and we understand that those things came from the minds of individuals, don't we? But yeah, why is it in our present day that we go and we look at the creatures that God has created through Jesus that we say, oh, it's just kind of random. It's just a, a random accident. We look at the intricacies of the human ear and, and we say, there's a God that can care so much that he made ears for me. No, we, instead people say, oh, you know, just kind of random stuff happened. Oh, just a process. The intricacies of the human eye that allows me to, to be able to, to see and to be able to go about my life. And, and instead of saying, wow, Jesus was really smart. Look at the detail he went into to create the human eye. We say, oh, random accidents. Billions of years of evolution. Oh my, isn't that interesting? But dear friends, you and I, we need to be able to come back to that place where we can understand. God spoke the word. Through Jesus, all things were made. Our Lord and Savior, he loved us so much from the beginning of time. He designed our bodies to be the way that they are. He intricately created all the details. 
He didn't make a long series of mistakes. He didn't go, oh, oopsie, that one didn't come out so well. Well, survival of the fittest, I guess that one has to die. No, Jesus made us fully and completely human. He considered every detail. He created us according to the standard from the beginning. And that is the Lord that we serve. See, we need to be able to bring our friends and neighbors back to that perspective, don't we? That there is a God who cares. There is a God who loves so very much. There is a God who pays attention to the details. There is a God who gets it right from the very start. He doesn't make a big series of mistakes. If we try to combine God with evolution, well, yeah, we have a big guy up in the heavens and he's wearing his white lab coat and, you know, he kind of is doing some stuff. He goes, oh, wow, that one didn't come out very well. I guess it has to be eaten by lions. Well, let's try again. We'll try this other other combination. Oh, well, I don't know if that one is that good either. Is that what our our view of God really is? No, I hope it's not, right? But yet, our society has gone in that direction, haven't they? And any TV show that you turn on today seems to kind of project that, don't they? Oh, millions and billions of years ago, when lightning struck these couple of molecules and they formed together in an organized group. See? And from there, they talk and talk and talk, don't they? My dear friends, as we conclude, I want you to consider once again the Savior who loves you so very much. The Bible says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. He followed the grand design that he came up with, that we would be created in God's image. He considered the intricate details, the tiny little bones that you would need in your inner ear to be able to hear sound. The, the optics and the arrangement of your eyes so that you would be able to see. The heart and the circulatory system that would be able to pump blood through your body. The, the lungs that would be able to take in oxygen. The processes all within you that you need to have your life and your being. Jesus, our Savior, he designed us It says, even in our inmost self, our very souls. And when we come to that understanding that through Jesus all things were made, can we really say we can deny his work and still claim him as our Savior. How can we do that? 
When the Bible plainly says, through him all things were made. How can we deny his work and still say he's our savior? We really can't, can we? How could you deny the work of your husband, your wife, and still say that you know they're important to you? How can you deny the work of the engineers out there who create our life for us today and still say that they're something <coughs> important? We can't. It goes hand in hand, doesn't it? If we love the Lord, we acknowledge his work, the work of his hands. If we love the Lord, we want to praise him for the things he has given. If we love the Lord, we desire to be able to share the truth with others. Through Jesus, all things were made, the Bible says. He loved us so much. He loved us so much that I'd like you to consider in conclusion today, once again, our Savior in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is facing his death by crucifixion. He knows the pain, the torture that he's about to go through. The Bible tells us three times he goes to our Father in prayer. Three times he says, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knows the pain that's coming. He knows the agony he's going to feel. And he cries out, Father, let it be different. Father, let some other action take place, but then he's reconciled, isn't he? As you also know, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He does that for us. He denies himself, he takes up his cross, so that we might follow after him. He dies upon that tree, opening the way to heaven for all who come to believe. Do we believe in Jesus? Do we believe that he made all things? Do we believe in his love, in his care for us. And let us say today, Lord, yes, I believe. Amen. Oh, may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>